Welcome, everybody, to the Grow People podcast uh, with Pastor Jason, lead pastor of Revolution Church. My name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location. Purpose of the Grow People podcast is to grow people. Now, you may notice. I, I, didn't, I didn't get the memo. I should have worn Braves gear. Yes. Um, this is not vintage. Everybody asked me if it's a vintage jacket. I am vintage, but <laughs> but, but the, the jacket is not. Uh, I did not get this for the World Series. This was when I moved to Atlanta. So uh, it really is old. Yes. Uh, 13 years. It's, so that would mean it is vintage, right? Or I, I'm, not really, I'm not really sure. I, I thought vintage had to be 25 years or, well... I don't know. You're you're older than me, so you would you would know. <laughs> um, but I picked it up at a TJ Maxx for twenty bucks. Of course, you and, did. And it has been an awesome jacket. But it's taken me thirteen years to embrace the Braves. That's good. Being a Phillies fan and all. Yeah. So uh, incredible week. Uh, so many people. Uh, our producer Chandler uh, was a little excited. Yeah, he said he may or may may or may not have shed a tear. Right over that. Well, I, yeah. I would hope as a lo- as a lifelong Braves fan, you did shed a tear. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty incredible. I shed a tear in 1980 when the Phillies won for the first time. Mm. Um, I wasn't, a, I believe it or not, I wasn't around in 1950 when they were the Whiz Kids and played the Yankees <laughs> in the World Series. But everybody's uh, talking about their 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 favorite, uh, their greatest sports moment, and a lot of people right now because. Some weren't alive the last time the Braves won. That's right. Yeah. Uh, was it 95? Yeah. Yeah. Some have kids who weren't alive. So this is the first time their kids get to experience exactly. it. Everybody wants to know, though, what is Pastor Jason's greatest sports moment? Yeah. I don't know if everybody wants to know uh, that. I'm pretty but... sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, I will say this one is pretty incredible. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, the storyline of the Braves this year is is just remarkable. I mean, in August weren't even over 500 right we didn't even have a winning record yep. and then you throw in the injuries that have occurred mm-hmm. the remake of the lineup that had to happen we were at uh, the game when acuna got hurt oh you were yes yeah that was a sad game man. yeah i mean because he's an incredible inc- <laughs> don't ever go to a game again right <laughs> I haven't, yeah I haven't been yeah. invited back <laughs> i mean an incredible player and it was just i mean it's yeah it was a really weird season and mm-hmm. and then the fact that the All-Star game is going to be in Atlanta. I feel like the Braves were like, you take the All-Star game away, we're bringing the World Series to Atlanta. Hello. There had to be some motivation there. A little bit. Um, so, yeah, it was just an incredible, incredible season. And um, to see that happen the way it did, and to me, the fact that we won in Texas makes it even better. I'm not an Astros fan, um, so I was totally fine with that. I grew up a Rangers fan, and – <laughs> the Rangers have never won. But in the uh, Nolan Ryan era of the Rangers. Oh, absolutely. Nolan Ryan was just an animal. It's, he's one of those guys that you didn't have to like the Rangers, but there's a lot of people that were Nolan Ryan fans. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, gets into a fight and bloody nose and he's still pitching. Uh, yeah, incredible. I have assigned Nolan Ryan baseball. Uh, so, yeah, he's all-time favorite player in baseball. But The Express. Oh, gosh, man. Just an incredible, incredible dude. As well, and family kind of dying at baseball dynasty. Anyway, to your question, my favorite sports memory, though. I, I wrote down two. Let's see if one of them is that. Oh, so you're testing? You're, you're going to see if I say it? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm, it's not a test. I mean, your answer is going to be correct regardless. Oh, yeah, it's a test, not a test for me. It's a test for you yes. to see if you are correct. Yep. Yeah, I would say my all-time favorite sports memory is when the Texas Longhorns won. Boom! The national championship. Boom. Yes. Uh, in 05, because... Um, for those of you that are not Texas fans, um, 
Texas uh, that year. I mean, we were we were had done really well. We'd won the Rose Bowl the year before. We had a great team coming back, um, but there wasn't a lot of respect um, on the national scene. That's when mm-hmm. USC was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Had won so much, um, and so they didn't treat Texas like a real threat. And Vince Young, arguably the one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever. Yep. Uh, you know, we're coming back. It's fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. And in the Rose Bowl or the stadium um, and fourth and goal and he runs it in. Yeah. And I was over at my friend's house. I was going to ask, where were you? Yeah. I was watching at my friend's house, pastor friend, um, Brian, you know, one of my best friends in the world. And we were watching it at his house, like standing up, you know, like so intense watching this game. And when Vince Young runs the ball in, we scream, we jump, and we take off running out the front door through the neighborhood, like literally down the road, barefoot, yelling, scream. And it was just one of those things that just happened. And mm-hmm. so we just took, literally took off running barefoot on gravel and then realized, you know, after the adrenaline, kind of like, oh, what just happened? And so, yeah, that was the arguably one of my greatest sports mm. memories because it was just, it, it wasn't just that we won. It was how mm-hmm. it happened, yeah. and um, I still have the Wheaties box in my office of of that. So, did you eat the Wheaties? No, no, okay. it's still closed up, man. Okay, uh, collector's item. Collector's item, right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be worth nothing because they printed. You know, everybody thinks when they print something to make it mem- valuable, it's mm-hmm. going to be valuable. It's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just an incredible game, incredible season. One of the best teams, mm-hmm. arguably. And and they you know they do a thing every year like what are the greatest college games yeah and that's always in the top ten yeah it is uh, normally in the top two or three mm-hmm. so yeah number one of course the 2016 national championship game but who won that uh, Tigers Clemson Tigers won yeah that game. oh that's the one that you were in because you were doing the Tiger Tailgate show yes, people yep. didn't know that yep. you were the voice of the Tigers pregame mm-hmm. and you were in California and I was listening to you live on the broadcast and you were talking about the Clemson Orange. Mm. And then you said, mm-hmm. not that, not that burnt orange, mm-hmm. that wrong orange mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a wonder we hired you Yeah. Uh, uh, after one, that comment. One, one of the most, uh, one of the greatest things that I admire uh, about our pastor is his memory. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you were yeah. on the national that, airways. Yes, I was. In California. Yeah. Dogging. Yeah. Yes. Your boss's longhorns. I was. So, yeah. Like with a dig. Mm. Yeah. Was, yeah, but then the next year is the one I was talking about when we actually won the national. Oh, Champions. so we lost that one to Alabama. That might have been why you lost. They probably, yeah, probably, yeah. And uh, standing uh, ten feet away from from Dabo Sweeney, yeah, uh, Alabama scored with two oh eight left. That was incredible. Yeah, and and I'm I'm not kidding. Everybody on the Clemson sidelines looked at each other and was like, "That's too much time." Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna win this. Yeah, so we get down to the two yard line. And that's when there was 10 seconds left and they call timeout and Deshaun Watson comes over and you, you couldn't hear what they were saying, but mm. they were so calm. It was like they were just ordering a pizza. Mm. Like, okay, I'll have pepperoni. You have yeah. sausage. Okay. Half, half pepperoni, half sausage go. And they, and then they score a touchdown, win the game. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. To be there. Yeah. yeah. Not to just watch it, to yeah. experience the whole thing. I got tackled by 
our friend Jason Moorhead <laughs> from South Carolina, who is much uh, bigger than me. Yeah, he's bigger and than me. He's so a big guy. I, I was the only person injured after the game. After the game, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we could do the entire podcast on on greatest sports members because sports is a unifier. Yeah. And we talk a lot about unity, and I think we've seen that uh, certainly in Atlanta over, yeah. over the past uh, couple of weeks with the playoffs. But we want to get into some of the things that we've talked through uh, in the Gospel according to John. Uh, we're all the way to chapter 8, uh, mm -hmm. but the last two chapters, uh, the end of chapter 7, the beginning of chapter 8, have been really impactful. And, and I think uh, for application, very important for the church, especially in the season that we've been in the last 19 months. Mm -hmm. So in the last message uh, of John chapter 8, your main point was we don't condemn, but we don't condone. Yeah. And you could feel the room get real quiet, mm -hmm. real quick. Mm -hmm. What was your intent with that? What was God speaking to you about? And what is the application to take out of that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's one of my most favorite stories of Jesus. Um, you know, when you, when you see um, how he interacts with, I mean, he's interacted with multiple groups at a time mm -hmm. and he is, uh, you know, everything Jesus does, you know, there's kind of layers to it. He's, you know, better than Shrek, you know, there's a bigger <laughs> onion to Jesus. Um, and that story is a rather famous story. And the story we're talking about is when Jesus, when the woman is caught in adultery and the Pharisees and the religious leaders bring her to Jesus mm -hmm. and they, um, are condemning her and they, they're, but the text tells us that they're doing this to try to test Jesus to, so they have some charge against him. So they're bringing up the law. Um, and it's just this fascinating story because um, you see how Jesus engages with them. And, and if you don't know the story that, you know, they bringing, bring this woman up caught in the act of adultery saying she deserves to be stoned to death, quoting the law. And then Jesus bends down. He doesn't even say anything to them. He bends down and starts writing on the ground. And I made the point, uh, one of the points was how, and this is my opinion, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's just striking resemblance. You know, they're at the temple, and the temple mound, you know, that they're standing on is made out of stone. So Jesus bends down and writes right. with his finger on mm -hmm. the ground, symbolically to me, saying, I know the law because I wrote it, because Exodus 18 tells us mm -hmm. that the tablets were given to Moses. Sure written on stone by the finger of God. And so I think Jesus is symbolically saying, I know the law, I wrote it with my own finger. Um, but he's making a point to them that they're using the law in a way to just condemn. Hmm. Um, and they weren't even applying it correctly because the law says that the man and the woman deserved to be punished, but there's no man there. Um, so they have the, in their heart to condemn. Um, that is their position. They want to condemn. And, and the word condemn means to declare guilty, but then also to punish. Mm -hmm. So it's punitive, uh, to execute judgment. And what's striking to me is then Jesus stands up, tells them, uh, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And his point to them was, listen, you're guilty too. Yeah. Um, you don't have a right to use the law to just condemn. And so the first half of the, the statement that I made that you just referenced was, we don't condemn. Um, and so Jesus then tells the woman, neither do I. He asked her, who are, where are they who condemn you? And they said, no one. And so then he says, neither do I. So the idea of, of condemnation, like us as Jesus followers, people who love Jesus, um, 
our main job is not to condemn people. Um, that is not what I, my, my main job is not to tell people that they're guilty and then execute judgment mm-hmm. um, on them. And I think there's a lot of um, religious people that take that stance. You know, this is the classic examples. Like when you're going to a sporting event and someone's holding up a sign, mm. uh, highlighting all these yep. groups of people that are going to go to hell. Um, what's sad about that, it's almost like they, they get a joy out of saying that mm-hmm. they get this joy out of condemning people, like telling them. Um, and I don't think there should be any joy in that. And that's what these religious people were doing. They didn't care. A, they didn't even really care about the law because they were manipulating it, and they for sure didn't care about this person. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about this woman. Um, and, and that's such a horrible way to evangelize. Absolutely. And, and you know, I've talked about this before. A lot of non-Christians don't become Christians because of other Christians. Sadly, yes. And, and that, is, that is a great indictment um, on us as believers is it, it's almost like we get this weird joy and I think it's because we just want to be right. You know, um, I mean, it's like in the same way of in an argument with my spouse, you know, if my, if my goal is to be right, then I, I really don't care about the relationship. Sure. Um, I just want to be right. Right. Which is really selfish. And I've, you know, I've said this in stage many times. If, if I'm wrong, I mean, if I'm right, then I'm going to bed with a loser. You've, you've won the argument. I won the argument, but I lost yeah. the relationship. And so I think a lot of people are trying to make a point mm-hmm. as opposed to Andy Stanley says, instead of trying to make a difference. Yes. Um, so my first stance as a believer, uh, which we'll get into the second part of it, but my first stance is not to come across as somebody that just is condemning. Yes. That's declaring people guilty. Mm-hmm. Because they're, and the primary reason for that is, and I think this is why Jesus says what he says to those religious leaders, is they are not without sin themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I should never uh, have the attitude that somehow um, I am without sin, but you are not. Right. You know, and, and we see this often. We want to we have judgment for others and grace for ourselves. Mm. Um, and I think a real believer actually does the opposite of that, has judgment on themselves and grace for others. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when Jesus says, take the log out of your own eye, then you can. Yes help somebody with the speck in theirs. Mm -hmm. So the first part of what we see in this interaction that Jesus has once those religious leaders, and again, I can't imagine this is one of those, I said in the message that, Hey, I want to ask Jesus what he wrote in the, on the ground. (laughs) You know, what is he writing? And then two, you know, just imagining what it was like in that moment. I mean, those people, the text tells us, you know, one by one, they go away beginning with the older ones, you know? And so there's some wisdom there. The older ones are like, Oh, we just got took. You know, um, Jesus just outmaneuvered us. Um, and so they go away one by one and then it's just Jesus and this woman. And he says, neither do I condemn you, but here's the greater point. And I, I made this point in the sermon. The reason why is because Romans eight, one through four, Paul tells us there is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Yep. And then in verse three, he says, because the law of sin and death Jesus condemned in his flesh. So the reason why I don't have to condemn someone, declare them as guilty is because Jesus was declared guilty for them. Mm -hmm. And again, I think as believers, 
that should be our stance towards the world is not just we're so quick to declare them as guilty, but say we're so quick to tell them that Jesus was declared guilty for them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a different position in my heart. If I'm just trying to make them feel guilty, then I'll condemn them. But if I'm trying to make them feel graced, Mm-hmm. You know, I will tell them that Jesus was condemned for them. Yes, they are guilty, but in the same way he condemned my sin, he can condemn their sin too. And so the difference is Jesus condemned the sin so that he didn't have to condemn the person. Mm-hmm. And so as believers, if we take that stance, uh, I, I think we'll just live differently mm-hmm. because I should be so overwhelmed, and you and I talk about this a lot, partly because you came to faith later mm-hmm. in life. I didn't grow up in church either, but I came to faith earlier. But I've just never gotten over the fact that Jesus saved me. Um, I'm a sinner, and I know that deep within my bones, mm-hmm. and that humbles me. Why in the world did he condemn himself for me? Um, well, that should change me, mm-hmm. and and then I move out from that place to love people well um, and can tell them because I have good theology that says Jesus was condemned in the flesh for me. So in the same way he was condemned in the flesh for them. Uh, using scripture as a hammer is, um, is what you're, what you're talking about. Here. Yeah. And throwing uh, your views out on social media. And there, it just hit me. There's so much wrong with trying to be right. Hmm. That's a good phrase. Yeah. And, um, and, and yelling at somebody has never gotten them to go, Oh yeah. I want to be just like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want what you have. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the danger. Yeah. We were just having this conversation prior to kind of on a different subject and Chandler, our, uh, staff guy that runs all of this made a statement. I said, Oh, that was really good. So I'm gonna give Chandler props here. Amen. He said, People are trying to grace people by force. Mm. And the point is, is yeah, if I come across forceful to you, then you're not going to interpret me being a graceful person. No. And then you will misunderstand the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, if I come across very condemning, then how will you know that grace has saved me? Right. Um, and it can save you. Um, because everything you're saying and in your actions, there is no grace. Mm-hmm. Um, now we'll get into the second part in a second, what grace is not, but at the very least, grace is humility. Grace is a, a grace effect in my life turns me from a person that was condemned Mm -hmm. and also turns me away from a person that condemns, Mm -hmm. um, because the condemnation was, so I think a lot of Christians don't understand like, yes, their condemnation was taken, yep. but it should also take away their condemning nature of others. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and so there's, it's yes. like, it hasn't, that part hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the biggest, one of my mentors wrote a book called accidental Pharisees. And this is one of the biggest issues in the church. And we've seen this in our own church that, um, I, I mean, literally, uh, well, there's been people that have gotten, who were living crazy lives, got saved at our church, um, baptized, then started growing, and then within a few years became holier than us mm-hmm. and started being very critical of us mm-hmm. and what we were doing. And I was like, hold up. It was just like four years ago you were sinning and doing all this stuff, and but now you've outgrown us in maturity right? because they hyper-focus on certain laws or certain things, sure. and they yep. say, like, 
just have this condemning nature. And I'm like, no, 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 no. God didn't save you to be a Pharisee. He didn't save you to be a religious person that's condemning everybody. Like you said, using the Bible as a hammer, he saved you to grace others in the same way that he graced you. There you go. Um, and that's a big danger where it's like we become, uh, like you said, accidental Pharisees where we think that just by beating people up with the law is going to lead them to being a grace-filled person. Mm -hmm. Second part of your point after we don't condemn was, but yes, we don't condone. We don't condone. And I think that is, you know, and I say this often, I didn't, the phrase didn't originate with me, but there's two ways to be wrong. You know, there's, Either side of the road is a ditch. Mm -hmm. And um, by the way, everyone in our church uses that now. Oh, I know. I mean, it's incredible to describe so many things. So many things. Yes. Uh, And then I, you know, updated it a few months ago and I said, so for every one mile of truth, there's two miles Mm -hmm. of lies because there's twice the lies. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes they'll mess it up. Sometimes they'll go, uh, okay, on on either side of the the ditch is a road. (laughs) No, no, that's not it. Okay. On on both sides of the ditches are other roads. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. On either side of the road is the ditch. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, another way to think about it is a pendulum. Yep. You know, is if the, the the pendulum's over here, if I let it go, it's not going to go to the middle. It's going to go. Not as far, but almost as far to the other side. Yep. So it's a natural reaction um, is, oh, if we don't condemn, mm-hmm. then well, I'm going to move over here. And then you see Christians move too far the other way right. where they actually start condoning behaviors that the Bible does not. And I think this is a very important thing for us to learn as believers because we don't fit on either side. Mm-hmm. But uh, my counselor years ago, I was talking to him about struggles in my own life. And he said, Jason, you need to give yourself grace. And I said, yeah, but here's the problem. The way I interpret that is grace is, oh yeah, God loves me and I can keep doing this. And he goes, no, 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 Jason, you misunderstand. That's permission. Mm. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. And so then he unpacked for me. Yeah. Grace is not permission. And I thought, oh yeah, you're right. I need to give myself grace. What that means is yes, I am a sinner and I will make mistakes but grace is not permission to just, Oh, we'll keep, it's not a condoningness. It's not. So the phrase that I like to say now, grace is power. It's not permission. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other side of the ditch that people go to from condemnation is condoning and to condone something is to say, it's okay. It's allowable. It's acceptable. And we're seeing that a lot in our culture where the norms are changing. Yes. The norms of whether it be sexual ethics, whether it be, whatever we consider to be right or moral mm-hmm. or um, just true. You know, we live in this post-Christian, post-truth. So um, there, there's not a truth outside of me to be discovered. There's a truth inside of me to be created. Well, for all truth creators, when we're ultimately taking the role of God and we're saying, well, what I say is true. So what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. Well, that's not true. Right. <laughs> It's things that are true are immutable. It means I don't care, like gravity. I don't care if you think it's true or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I mean, walk off the edge of a cliff and see, you know, it's true. You don't have to like it. It's just true. So in the same way, there are moral absolutes in the world. Um, And as believers, we do not have to go against those, just what's true in nature. Mm -hmm. And so I think as Christians, uh, 
a mistake, a second mistake that a lot of Christians can make is they do want to be very loving. They do want to be very graceful, um, which the heart is good, but then they'll take it too far and then condone behaviors that the Bible prohibits. Mm -hmm. And, and you see this, I see this sadly a lot of times as well. Uh, you can just start to tell when someone starts to soften up their stance on whatever biblical marriage, what marriage is, Mm -hmm. which Biblically, a marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. God created that. Biology set. They are different. They come together. They procreate. So once that view starts to change, then it's only a matter of time when all truth starts to change. Yeah. Um, because if the Bible's wrong about that, then what else is it wrong about? And so what I really wanted to help our church to see is the two ditches of that. And Jesus does neither of those. I mean, Jesus clearly tells the woman, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Yep. So he calls what she was doing, which was having an, an adulterous relationship, sin. He calls it sin. And then he says, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. So we also follow a Jesus, even though he wasn't condemning her, he wasn't condoning her. He didn't say, neither do I condemn you. Now go and you have permission to keep doing what you were doing. Right. So that's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gospel, there's two parts to it. And, and I think this is the, I mean, you'll see church, and I'll drive around, I see people, and it's like the full gospel church, and I always want to be like, oh, I didn't know we had half of it. But um, they, what they mean by full gospel is something different. They're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But um, the full gospel is not just he died to take my condemnation. He also died to empower me to no longer do the things that were condemning me. Hmm. So grace doesn't just cover my sins. Grace empowers me to not sin. And that's the point. Um, so always the, the gospel is far gooder hmm. than what we thought. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, if you have not watched that message, uh, that would be part 31 in our series, the gospel, according to John, uh, the date that that message, uh, was broadcast was uh, October 31st Halloween. So, uh, go back. If you haven't downloaded the app, people, uh, I talk to people all the time. They, Oh, you have an app. We have an app. Yes. Yes. It's 2021, almost 2022. (laughs) We've got one of those. Uh, you can go back and, and binge listen to all the messages. That's what we did Mm. when we first came to revolution. We were like, okay, there's something going on here. Uh, we started binge listening to all the messages. Leanna was up uh, every night just mm. going back to all of the old series, the Shadows series, mm. and and listening to that. Uh, so, yeah, download the app. You can also uh, start the welcome track. That's how you find out, you know, who who is Revolution Church? Yeah. and What's my role in this family? So you'll find culture, you'll find DNA, and how you can get involved here at Revolution. It's funny you mentioned uh, the full gospel. When I first met Leanna, so we're talking uh, 11 years ago, mm. and I, I went down to Dothan, Alabama to, to meet her dad, to ask him if I could marry her, and, uh, which was strange because I was almost his age. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Aunt Judy was there. Aunt Judy? Aunt yeah. Judy. Yeah. And Aunt Judy says, uh, so where are you going to church? And I told her, and she goes, is it a full gospel church? Yeah. And I said, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, I just appreciate that you were honest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, yeah. didn't, you didn't make up an answer. Yeah. 
Uh, we do not have time for Ask Pastor Jason today, but we will get to that in the next podcast episode. If you have a question for Pastor Jason, I'm just going to throw out this email address, info at revolution.church. Mm-hmm info at revolution.church. Just title it, Ask Pastor Jason, and we would love to... And they can uh, also do that on Instagram, because that's one of the primary ways that... They can do that? Yeah, yeah. And the Instagram page is... At Revolution Church GA. At Revolution Church GA on social media. Uh, you're listening, or have listened to, the Grow People podcast uh, with Pastor Jason, the Comments and views expressed on this program turn out to be representative of Revolution Church. And for a transcript of today's podcast, write down everything we said. (laughs) (laughs) As as always, uh, we end with the best advice we've ever heard, which is... Trust God and take a nap. We'll see you next time.